This is the Jim Cren No Restrictions Podcast. We're coming to you nationwide. We are coming to you worldwide on the Sideshow Network. It's Mike Wysocki, Terry Jones, Mike Sasson, and here's your host, radio and comedy legend. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Jim Cren. Jim Cren, no restrictions on the Sideshow Network. We're at Talent Network Studios. And, of course, like I said, we're at Sideshow Network. We have our producers. Uh, we have Frank Mergia, Dave Settlemeyer. Josh Folio, Wayne Weil, on air, Mike Sasson, Terry Jones, Mike Wysocki, in studio on Mike, and we've got a lot to talk about today, some fun stuff. I want to talk about National Lampoon. Mike, you saw an interesting article, Mike. I think it's to be a nice, fun thing to talk about today. Uh, the National Lampoon, how it's influenced us, and I know I grew up reading that magazine and, and, and reading Mad Magazine. That style of humor probably influenced me the most, I think, growing up, I'd say. That whole parody kind of thing with this making fun of the establishment or what is mainstream, going into SNL and skit comedy when I was a kid. I remember the first SNL just being blown away and couldn't believe it, what I was watching. Then I discovered something called Second City TV, which was out of Canada with Martin Short and John, mm-hmm. and John Candy and, and, and Joe Flaherty was from Pittsburgh. And he used to do these character um, – it was like the, the Count. It was, it was based off of the thing I watched here in Pittsburgh. He, he wrote it called – it was called Chiller Theater. But he wrote this uh, – this guy was like a vampire guy, <laughs> the Count or whatever. And he would do these movies and he would drop in Pittsburgh names like or towns around Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has a hundred. 135 municipalities around the city. There's 2.1 million people in the tri-state. So it's bigger. It's not really the city is not real big, but but you could be two seconds outside the city and there's a municipality. But anyway, Joe Flaherty would do stuff like you know, welcome to whatever it was called, something theater. He goes, he goes, uh, join me next for the blood sucking bats of West Mifflin and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. you know, you're a little kid. That's the greatest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. But you you uh, saw this article about national lampoon basically said how we mold it helped mold our well, it's, our it, it's a culture do, it's a documentary called drunk stone brilliant oh, doc- dead i sorry I, I thought it was a magazine it's a documentary that i can watch this thing. yeah you can I see will it on buy it. all right, I'll yeah, it's, it's can on, I get it on amazon yeah well i mean netflix? on uh, it's on netflix amazon okay all that kind of stuff sorry and then um it's uh it the cool thing about it was like you talk about joe flaherty they had a you, you want to see, like, just comic talent on one stage. They had the National Lampoon show, and mm-hmm. it was him, and he actually wasn't a Steeler, like, jersey, because okay. he's from Pittsburgh. Yeah. Him, Bill Murray, <laughs> Belushi, wow. Gilda Radner, <laughs> and Harold Ramis, all on, like, st- on, the, on the radio show and everything like that. You want to talk about, like, m- the Mount Rushmore of modern comedy. All kids, all sitting there learning, all this kind of stuff. That was the thing that was so weird to me because, I mean, I was aware of National Lampoons because my favorite movie of all time, comedy movies, Animal House. So you hear National Lampoons, Animal House. Then you see National Lampoons, Vacation, and all that other kind of stuff. But to see where it came from and how it started, I mean, their point in the documentary is National Lampoons was one of the them and probably like uh, like Monty Python and stuff like that. That was like the genesis of mm-hmm. modern comedy, and it's amazing how it, it's still to this day like they. Even went to Simpsons and Family Guy and all the other kind of stuff started from from National Lampoons and then like they even talked about Animal House. One of the weird things I thought was cool because it's one of my favorite movies is 
the reason why they did the movie was because they were going to lose the two founders. The two founders actually got bought out, and they were millionaires already. So the, the way that they kept them on, it, on its staff was they said, oh, you can't leave. We're going to do a movie. And then it happened to be like two weeks later, Universal called him up and said, hey, if you ever want to do a movie, we're big fans. And so they told him, hey, why don't you write a treatment? And the initial treatment was, the story was, Charles Manson and his family in high school. That was the original story of Animal House. It was 150 pages, which is like way bigger than any movie script. They submitted this to Universal, and they said, no, we're not doing a movie about Charles Manson in high school. And that uh, that genesis came into like... Manson's a, House, it was called. Yeah, it was something like that, yeah. And then eventually it came into, that's how Animal House started, because they said, oh, well, we, you know, we, they, we, like the movie, we like the concept of kids being weird and everything like that, and then it genesis into Animal House. Uh, Harold Ramis... One of the greatest writers in history. He may be looked back at as our Shakespeare of our time. I know it sounds completely psychotic, but it's true. <laughs> he molded our pop culture in so many ways. It was amazing with the movies that he had written or had been part of. If you think of Animal House, Ghostbusters, Meatballs, Stripes, Stripes, um, Groundhog Day. I think oh, God, I forget the Groundhog Day. It, the list, I don't have it in front of me, but the list goes on and on and on. What was that, Wayne? Caddyshack. Oh, Caddyshack alone, right there. Okay, <laughs> then you get back to National Lampoon's Vacation. Yeah, Christmas Vacation. All that. You know, I mean, John Hughes all, was a writer, so all sixteen candles, all of the tr- planes, trains, and automobiles, all of that kind of stuff. Remembers where they were when they saw. I think most people remember, it, and even younger when you watch the reruns of it. Vacation. I happen to see it in a movie theater, Mulder. But my God, I just was blown away at that thing. I remember seeing it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life. That was the era of you know vacation and airplanes. I remember like kids talking about it on the school bus, about doing lines. How and I just I had to go out and see it like the next week to see it, what the hell it was. Yeah, yeah, to it, see was what it was great. I mean, Jeffy Chase yeah. is perfect for that particular role, you know. But yeah, man, it's just, it did mold our, it molded our minds in a lot of ways. Those every movies are and it's cool across every demographic, every generation, and it's still funny today, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, always better than Johnson's family vacation. <laughs> <laughs> But it's gonna no seriously. No, it's, it's as good today as it was then. If you watch a little kid watches it now, they'll laugh. They said it actually killed the entire industry for station wagons. It's true. I can see that. Well, they yeah. don't make they said it anymore. The wood paneled station wagons. <laughs> no, they said it destroyed the whole industry of station wagons. They said there were like you know the showrooms with no. They were done. That's when the minivan happened. It was all on vaca- uh, on the movie Vacation. That's what they said because nobody wanted to be Clark Griswold back then. Now it's cool. <laughs> it's retro, cool, hipster. Would want to? You'd want one. You yeah, want to be Clark want. Griswold now? But that back then, they want to be. You know, Candy was so funny in that. Sorry, sorry, Clark. Moose outside says Parks Club. Well, that was the other thing that Love was that. cool. Like they showed like National Lampoon's Lemmings, which was like one of the precursors of Saturday Night Live. And they had Chevy Chase. And this is young Chevy Chase. This is like and he's in his 20s. He has a full head of hair. He's yeah. a hippie. All this kind of stuff. Him and Belushi were on stage and they were doing like their, you know, like, like a sketch and everything mm-hmm. like that. And it was so weird because like you said, Chevy Chase really hit on Saturday Night Live. But then when he became the dad and Clark Grubby Griswold, but he was just like this hippie guy in the, you know, in the early 70s it's weird to see him like that he should have thanked like he owed harold ramus man his career he absolutely owed him his career because as you later see how unfunny he is (laughs) (laughs) outside those scripts Mm -hmm. 
you see him on the talk show you had for about six weeks, right? Do you remember his talk show, Benny? Yes. You guys remember this? Yes. You yes. I remember being on, but I don't think I ever watched I it. I don't know if I it was. When did it come out? I was old enough. You were probably, too young. Yeah, it was probably 89, 90 maybe. Yes, yeah, so it was 89. So it, it was right around when Magic Johnson had his. I watched that too. <laughs> but it was crazy. Because I remember that one. <laughs> Magic Johnson had one and, and Chevy had one. Then Pat Sajak had one. Sinbad had one. Sinbad had one. They all had one around the Sinbad same was actually the best one of all. He's a yeah, comic, Sinbad at least, a stand-up. But yeah. Chevy's was touted to be a big deal. It was going to make a run, you know, at our city. In the Chevy Chase Theater. In the Chevy Chase (laughs) Theater. At the end of the episode, guys, for no reason at all, none, he played basketball. I remember watching that. I remember watching that. And this is a... You know, this is a white nerdy guy. I mean, not, you don't look at him as like a basketball player or an athlete, but for some reason, he would just shoot hoops. So you know, it was doomed because he had he had people around him that were going to listen to anything he had to say, and they were going to yes him to death, and that will kill any show. And everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know what? Uh, I was watching a because um, you know Richard Pryor hated him. I oh, believe yeah. it. Yeah, I know. And, they probably uh, could see them at an odds. They, they that went odds. at it during SNL, but the. They uh, Chevy Chase covered for Carson one of the nights. You remember he, Carson was having like, or, I'm sorry, different guest people. Host, yes. He'd have a like, guest yes. host. He had like Freddie Prince and all. Well, you should see the episode with him and Richard Pryor because he keeps trying to do stuff and he's he a horrible interviewer. Me? Yeah, he's hosting Chevy okay. Chase and Richard Pryor just keeps jabbing at him on purpose. Mm. And it's because Chevy Chase isn't strong in that field. Like he was, saying, a, he, had, he was an actor. Oh, he was so horrible. Not a comedian. And Eddie, oh, it's so great. Richard Pryor just kept going at him like. Well, the thing about it, like I was about to say, Richard Pryor hated him. Johnny Carson hated him because back in the mid seventies with SNL, the thing that everybody talked about was it was on the cover of like the like the New Yorker, the next Johnny Carson. So they mm-hmm. thought he was going to replace oh, Johnny Carson. The talk show, you yeah, mean? Because they thought he was going to be. Carson and, was always well, angry. At and so he hated. Him. <laughs> That's why he put him on. Is because like, oh, you think you're good? Put I'll I'll, I'll put you on. That's oh, you mean? That, I'm sorry. So this is before his talk show. You're saying? Yeah, yeah. This is before. Okay. This is like no, in I the know, 70s. You're saying when Terry was saying, yeah, like, when he was guest. Yeah, That's when yeah. they said the next Johnny Carson. Yeah, they thought. Okay, I thought maybe it was when he was host. Well, here's hey, Wayne. Was that Wayne? The Chevy Chase Show, first episode, September seventh, nineteen ninety three. Final episode, October 1st, 1990. 25 <laughs> episodes. 25 episodes, guys. That now, that's, yeah, that's that Monday one. through Friday, too. So, so five weeks. So we're talking five weeks of him <laughs> playing basketball. Now, if you have because he had to be around, like Sydney, and he went, at the end of the show, he probably sat in the first meeting and said, you know what? I'll, I'll just shoot basketball. And they go, great idea. Go for it, man. Go for it. It's <laughs> your, it's your awesome. theater. You're fucking genius. And Bill Murray hated him, too. They had a big fight on yeah. Saturday Night Live. Like him? I think his wife hated him. Where Bill, <laughs> Bill Murray was known for yelling at him and calling him, you're a medium talent. Medium talent. Murray <laughs> it said, turns out, yeah. yeah, it turns out he was kind of right. Oh, my because God. Because his face, he made fun of his face. Oh, because Bill Murray like, has the scars. Oh, oh he did. He made fun of Murray. Yeah. yeah legend, Chevy's a legendary prick. Will really? Ferrell hated him. <laughs> yeah, I, Will Ferrell hated him. Will Ferrell hates him too. Will Ferrell. Who's, yeah, who's, like that he hosted again, and, and just Will Ferrell huh. is like he's the, the worst human being. Like in the mid eighties, <laughs> like a, there was a, a a gay cast member on Saturday Night Live. Oh, yes. I, heard, I, I was. You know what? I was around. I was hanging out that day. Dennis Miller was on the cast. I yeah, in that day. Yeah, Sweeney that, during that during that era. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was in New York a few times, and then it happened. And Chase said those horrible things. Yeah, about just, this guy. Oh, it was terrible. Time. Yeah. But, they reported anyway he i don't know why 
maybe he was insecure. Maybe he was around these really naturally funny people, and because he was an actor, it fucked with his head. Maybe drugs. A little bit. In in maybe was there, well he said he was drinking too right mm-hmm. alcohol and drugs will do that to you that'll you do know it. what you bring that but up but also his insecurities magnify probably ten times oh yeah you're absolutely stop. right Jimmy I agree what do you say T no there was something you just brought up about him um, with the cast of SNL and him starting stuff because uh, I know Bill Murray did not get along with him at all and there was mm-hmm. just like but someone was that you that told me the story about the autograph he wanted to get somebody's autograph someone no, told me a story know. about Chevy Chase. And it was that there was someone famous that right. he wanted uh, his he, daughter Chase to have an autograph. autograph of the person? Yeah, of the person for his daughter. Okay. And the person, I can't remember who it is, forgive me, but they signed it and they spelled the name wrong. And he took the intern and wrote on the assistant or intern's face the name on the forehead and said, go get it right. Wow. And made him go back out and See, get the autograph. Well, you know, I, <laughs> I they can't also, remember who it was, but it's an infamous story. You wonder story. if these stories, are, what's true and what's not. You really wonder because everything you're seeing, they they said they, they talked about Bill Murray the same way. They they said Bill Murray was very extremely difficult. They said he uh, wouldn't go. He'd go weeks without bathing. He do. He was always angry. He was always this and that. He'd be temperate they always would say these nasty things about these guys so you wonder what is true and what's not true mm-hmm. what's rumor and what's not i mean chase it seems like is probably some truth to it because there's yeah a so common many when you hear yeah, that there's, there's many too many over and over murray has to be eccentric or had to when he was younger he seems like he's mellowing out maybe when they're younger they want to be the artist i heard he had that problem after he yeah. started getting big after like ghostbusters Murray. They said he started becoming a dick around that time because him and Harold uh, Ramis, Ramis fell off. We were just talking about Harold Ramis. It, That's another guy who who yeah, wrote I, all these great movies that Bill Murray starred in and pretty much jumped his career. I mean, even though Bill Murray was all, the man, Ramis made all the guys. He did. Make Ramis all made that entire cast. He did. But he. But that, I mean, even Aykroyd. In mm-hmm. defense of those guys, though, I mean, their, their talent helped bring talented. those scripts to life. Bill Murray, come on, you could do meatballs. Yeah. You could write a million meatballs scripts, but. Or or stripes. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but man. You got to have Bill Murray to do it. Yeah, Murray to me of that cast member. I know, you know, Belushi who died young was great energy and wonderful and energetic and great. To me, Murray was the king. Not, I thought Aqua was great because I always loved impressions. That mm-hmm. Aqua blew me away. Mm-hmm. But Murray was the key because he was the that edgy, unique, offbeat guy. Oh, he's the man. Who had just had that enough enough sarcastic. You know, a parody. When he would do that lounge act, man, uh, <laughs> Nick oh. Rails or Nick whatever. Yeah, he, Nick the lounge Nick, yeah. Nick Powder, Nick whatever yeah, he was yeah. at. And Star Wars. Yes, let there be no one. <laughs> if they would bar more, please don't let this it's brilliant. Wars. I mean, it's so goofy, but perfect. <laughs> you know the funny, like a couple, they, they had the 40th anniversary of Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. and like VH1 showed every Saturday Night Live for 40 years over like a week. Right. Yeah. And in watching those shows from the 70s, the one cast member that I was really impressed with, like in beyond whatever, Gilda Radner. Like you watch her again, the the she's the, very the, brilliant. She's the, a great the an, very, actor. Yeah, the very mm-hmm. that she could do. The yeah. you know, she's almost like the modern equivalent. Like mm-hmm. how when I was growing up, the one that everyone talked about was like the key character was Phil Hartman. Like she's almost like in that Yo, frame Phil of mind. Was the man. Yeah, was. she could do. Phil was great guy. You're right. He she could do a little bit of everything. Uh, great character. Ackroyd though, man. Ackroyd did it at that time. It doesn't look like it now. Looking back at it. To that time, there weren't a lot of impressionists. There were guys who were like Rich Little, 
and maybe John Biner and a few. There were only a few impressionists. Mm. So when you got guys like like what Aykroyd was doing was was no one was doing those voices and characters at the time. Original characters. So Aykroyd to me was like amazing. And Murray Murray would be my favorite number one. Aykroyd's a sliver under number. We two. talking SNL? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or even comedians, maybe that of that era of that okay, television, right, right, right. television. Right. I'd say, let's say skit comedy. What well, I was before, because we go to Second City too. But Second City is a different animal. SCTV. It I is. mean, you know, Marty Short was amazing too. Oh yeah, there's some talent on Rick, that. Uh, Rick Moranis was mm-hmm. on. Rick Moranis. Second, yeah, he's on that. John one. Candy, Catherine O'Hara, Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. I mean, all those yeah. people Pretty still monsters. work. Yeah. What was the other sketch show that Steve Martin was on? There's a. Sh- uh, I can't remember the name. Well, of he was it. on SNL for years, but, but there was another like, sketch show. There was a show called Fridays. Movie. He may have done. May I don't know if he did anything for Fridays. Oh, or not. He did the Billy Jean Michael Jackson thing on the skit show. I don't remember that. And New Edition was like the the. <laughs> this would be in the eighties. Yeah, this this yeah. had to be the eighties. The New Edition living, were it, kids. Was it Living Color? Maybe no, 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 no. You, no, you no. Know, that funny. was Jim Carrey. Terry uh, said this off. We said this off the air. He's Terry. You're right. One of the greatest skit shows ever. That doesn't get the love or respect. Mad TV. Mad TV is one of the funniest sketch shows. I'm sorry, man. Mad TV. It influenced the hell out of me. Is a great sketch show. It is up there to me. It's like Saturday Night Live was in the the day. I really think they did stuff that just didn't get the respect. They they got pretty damn close to SNL's numbers for a little while. Yeah, they did. They mean Caliendo and those guys were all in there. Will Sasso and those guys. Will Sasso, Phil Lamar, Phil Lamar. Polar was on that show. Amy Polar was on that show before originally on Mad TV. Yeah, Bobby Lee was on there. That's yeah, right. There were some Spears. really funny cast members on that show, man. That show got, yeah. That, that, I mean, some of the skits are memorable on that show. But one of the things that always gets me about like the, how much talent there is mm-hmm. out there, and you miss it and everything like that, is they showed on the 40th anniversary um, Jim Carrey's audition for Saturday Night Live. Now right. you think that per- that guy's perfect for that type of thing? Oh yeah. yeah. The funny thing is, Lauren Michaels didn't watch it. They had he had Al Franken do it. And Al Franken told him, he goes, you don't want this guy. Now, Al Franken now is a senator. <laughs> to me, if, the, the, if, if Al Franken's opponent said, do you really want the decision maker who turned down Jim Carrey? <laughs> Al, Franken, <to> be- <laughs> Al Franken was kind of, was at the time, was kind of against Dennis Miller at the time. Dennis Miller won him over. Yeah. But you're right. He was against him too. I mean, yeah, the, these guys... Franken's brilliant comedian. I think he's a great writer, but yeah, his decision making sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's a senator. <laughs> and now he's a senator, which makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, another that, that was ridiculous. Another movie. movie that I saw, but recently, Anthony Michael Hall in that era when he was uh, he was part oh, of the oh, cast. Yeah. He was he was part of the writers, Franken. That but he's been with SNL a lot of years with, yeah. with uh, Lauren. But that was one of the ones he had power decision making. Let's put it that way. Well, I mean, you have that year was was Anthony Michael Hall and then Robert Downey Jr. So they had, I mean, they had Brandy Quaid. Hall was Dennis Miller's first year. I yeah. don't know. If the, was Downey Jr. that year too? The yeah. yeah. Robert yeah. Downey Jr. was in 45, somewhere in there. Yeah. 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 No, Dennis was the first Randy year. Randy Quaid was on I, that. I, yeah. told, I think I told the story before. I remember being with Dennis when Lovett's in the office and he was supposed to be weekend update. Yeah. And they pushed him off to get Dennis, came in at the last second. Oh, I didn't know that Lovitz. Oh, they made a Lovitz good choice of Miller be, over Lovitz for Lovitz was update. talking to his agent. I was sitting next to him while Dennis was talking to Lauren Michael. And he said, uh, I heard Lovitz saying, well, yeah, but I'm still going to get all the airtime, right? And they were talking about his skits and stuff. He's still going to do skits and, and everything, even though he wasn't going to do the weekend update. Mm-hmm. So Dennis moves into the weekend update. Good move. Interesting. Yeah. I remember afterwards, uh, Lauren Michael driving us to uh, – to, uh, get pizza Dennis and I were going to this pizza joint 
he was on his way and Lauren was going to dinner with Steve Martin <laughs> <laughs> and then Lauren invited me and Dennis to a party he didn't invite Dennis not me I'm just ha- hanging out <laughs> I'm the you know hanging on guy so you're the you know, turtle I'm the turtle I'm turtle <laughs> I'm turtle trying to get my deal with Mark Cuban for tequila <laughs> so he invites us to a party we went to a party at Lauren Michael's house man and wow. so I'm at this party at Lauren Michael's house and it was really I was 24 years old 25 I remember having a Yankee sh- shirt on for some reason I don't even like the fucking Yankees I'm a Pirates guy all the way but I remember these people thinking I was a New York Yankee or something because like, what the fuck's this idiot doing at this park he has to be a New York Yankee I'm like nah I had to keep you were Willie Randolph's backup at second base well number one it's like no I'm not a Yankee and two if I was do you think the Yankees wear their own check for gear at a party at a party yeah <laughs> He's like, you know, it was a casual get-together party. Yeah, like Derek Jeter's walking around with a Yankee hat exactly. all day. Like, yeah. you know, at the time, it would have been who the fuck they thought I was. Bucky fucking Dent, I don't yeah. know. But, uh, but uh, you know. You do, but you do nice. a great um, Willie Randolph. And, uh, and so I thought it was Will. But, uh, but I remember uh, my favorite thing was in that party was uh, Lauren Michaels got a phone call. And he, he's talking. like in a, and Everyone's like sitting around him. Like, it's quiet. And there's like, there's these writers. A lot of writers were there. And um, Lovitz was there, and a few other people from that air cast, and uh, Dennis, and everybody. And Lauren gets a call, and he's talking, and no one talks while Lauren's on the call. And this is before cell phones, guys. Mm-hmm. We're heavy anyway. This is '85 or something. But I remember bring. I remember like a maid or butler or whatever, bringing a phone over to <laughs> bringing over Lauren. Handing the phone over. That's so cool. Someone bring your phone over. Right, so he brings the phone over and Lauren picks it up like this and he's talking. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. So we have the gathering here. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. And he hangs up and he looks at everybody. But he looked like right at me for some reason. And he goes, It was, that was James Taylor. He goes, James says hello to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and I just nodded like, Yes. And James, I said hello. Uh, yeah. And then Lauren looked at you and says, I said Dave Winfield was here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think Bucky Dent's over there. I'm not sure who that is. I found out the name of the show. What? It was called The News Show. Oh, The News Show. I the new, remember The News Show was see? a spinoff of SNL. Lauren yeah. Michaels uh, had, and was, it had was John Lauren, Candy, was Lauren Steve Martin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was Lauren Michaels. It only had nine episodes. Really? Yeah. yeah. I remember, I, I remember mm-hmm. uh, sitting in that limo with Lauren Michael thinking, should I rattle off a 20 impressions? And I, didn't, I didn't do it. You should have. I know. I should have always think back. You know, that. the funny thing. <laughs> you probably kicked Matt right there. <laughs> Get the fuck out. <laughs> that's, the, that's the comic conundrum. You're, you're in front of the man. I didn't want to uh-huh. You're in front of the man. <laughs> well, well, I was sitting with, I didn't want to, uh, Dennis just got the gig. I yeah. Mess it up I didn't want to make it like I mess it up or, yeah. you know. Right. Don't right. want to do anything like that, so. No one wants to be that guy. <laughs> yeah, could you yeah, imagine if, like, that guy. You imagine imagine if he, you didn't like you, he'd be like, not only do I not like you, yeah. Dennis, you're gone. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah right. Had to hear Dennis, you know, tell me you fucked up my SNL. You need your fucking stupid impression. Fucky fucking Dent. So I just kept quiet. Fuck you, Cha-Cha. Yeah, fuck you, Cha-Cha. Wearing a, wearing a Yankees hat. Mm, Yankees hat. Who was a Yankees? Look at a Yankee warm-up jacket or something. I don't know why, why I had it on. I think it was cold and bought it there or something. I don't know. It was one of those trips. I don't know. It was weird. It was a weird thing. It was fun. That was exciting. Absolutely. Look back at it. At the time, I didn't think anything of it. But then you look back at it. You know, you're talking about Lauren Michaels. And that's thing. Holy shit. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, it but it's weird, but it weird and interesting. That is pretty time. cool. It's kind of wild, man. 
Yeah, it was an interesting time. The comedy clubs were really booming back then, I remember. And, um, you know, a lot of these... Uh, I remember hanging out at Letterman's show and hanging with Chris Elliott and his people. And Dennis was very nice to me, taking me to all the shows and stuff like that. Wait, Chris out. Elliott. The redhead dude. Yeah. Oh, it was in something funny. about Mary. Yeah, he had stuff. a show Man, called Get a Life. 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 When I was a kid, I used to watch I it. I remember, I I remember, remember sitting in his office. Dennis was doing a uh, Letterman spot. <laughs> and I remember sitting in Chris Elliott's office, and he's talking to me, and he's asking me, like, my opinion on, and I don't even, he is, I don't know him, but he's real nice. Yeah. I'd met him once before with Dennis, same thing. Hung out as one of Dennis's... Uh, Letterman spots and he said uh, well I got this I got SNL possibly he said but I'd have to leave David Letterman and then he said but I'm not a feature like I'm not a primetime player I'd be like one of the featured guests Mm -hmm. and my advice was to not go because you're on (laughs) Letterman and you know it's kind of cool you get to do your recurring role on Letterman man there's all whatever things you're doing and uh Wait till you can become a reg- more of a regular, and so I don't know. If, I don't know what. I don't. Know, I can't. Remember. He ended up on SNL. Yeah, he did later. Did later in yeah, his career, mid nineties. It of wasn't that. But you time, led him in the right direction because of, uh, Letterman. He got the notoriety, and then he got his own show, Get a Life, and then he went to SNL. You're yeah. right, and he was in some about Mary. I think he owes me. He does. Yeah. You let him scary the movie right too. Way. Yes, I think his daughter's in the business. Somebody, his said. daughter is insanely hot. Like really, his- <laughs> yeah. That's what I heard. How right? old is Chris Elliott? He's got to be fifties. He's the fifty maybe. I have a Chris Elliott right? tidbit. Three generations okay. have been on Saturday Night Live. His dad was in the band on Saturday Night Live in the seventies. That's right. He it- was on it, and then his daughter was on it in the early two thousands. Oh, okay. So his only... daughter was on it as a... I got to see his daughter. Yeah. As a yeah. comedian? Abby, yes. I think is her name. Abba yeah. or something. Abby, wow. Abby nice. Elliott. Yeah, Abby Elliott. Abby Elliott. I got to see her. Very nice, Mikey. Wow, well, you helped Chris Elliott out. I Maybe I did. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good... He was really <laughs> funny on Letterman. That was a good thing. He was, oh, he was awesome good. on Letterman. He was Man really stairs funny. And those weird characters. Yeah. Oh, so her. funny. When yeah. Letterman retired, remember? do you guys remember... This was an insert. Let me see here. Me oh, see God. Here. You brought, see, you brought up the... We'll I, the, the hey, Wayne, we'll have to post her picture on jimcran.com yeah, for everybody, the, all right? I did the maximum. She's pretty stunning. Wow. So that's Chris Elliott's daughter. All right. Yeah, we will, we will <laughs> put that up. Let's get, that? Wayne will get that on, uh, we'll get that on uh, uh, jimcran.com, all right? T, uh, Tara, yeah, Wayne, when you guys get I'll, that on? I'll post that. That's okay, crazy. Let's get her on. This. I went right... Check out jimcran.com so you can... Get a look at her. Yeah, she's she's beautiful. Um, I went right for the Maxim shoot, too, because that's sure the kind did. of guy That's I am. the best shoot. <laughs> that's your best photo, right, guys? Maxim's way to go. <laughs> the uh, the thing with uh, Letterman is is Larry Bud Melman was an interesting character story. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a great picture there, Wayne. What is that? Is that Maxim also? Uh, I just, Let me see. I, just I, a nice picture. So no, an that's all of those. There's an autograph, on, those, an autograph on that one. Did that's you get cool. an autograph? Is of that yours? Abby no, no, just, that's just Google. Oh, images. okay. I thought. I thought. <laughs> that's just Google images. Nice. We're nice. big Abby Elliott fans here. Yes, she is. She's only on <laughs> SNL for like a year or two. Abby, why weren't you on the show as a guest? Absolutely. But, She'd uh, probably do it at this point. I love it. <laughs> but uh, sounds impressive. Yeah. So, Larry Bud Melman was another interesting character. Remember Larry Bud yeah, Melman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. He was yeah. like this bit actor, I think, and, and it was like B movies or some shit. And he, uh, guys, I'm telling you. If you're over 45, he was so fucking huge at one point. Oh, yeah. I can't tell you how big Larry Bud Melman was. 
Letterman was using him like every night, man. Larry Bud Melman. Oh, God, Terry. Oh, man. Look up a video of Larry Bud Melman, guys. I'll have to watch it We'll post. We have to post the video on... If we can, jimcrane.com, right? Yeah. Of one of Larry Bud's skits. Or like, he was this odd-looking dude. Letterman used him constantly in the early years of his show. The first Letterman, he, he opened it. He opened the first Letterman. Yeah, I mean, he had this odd look to him. I can't describe it. He was the essence of what Letterman was, which is offbeat Carson. Completely. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't going to be Car- right? It's going to mm-hmm. be a little... Oh, he looks like Drew Carey. Yes. Carson with an... Well, I don't know if Drew would like to hear that. Well, no. Uh, <laughs> it, he looks like Bud a mutated Drew Carey. Yes. He, it, there you we, go. he just passed away this last year. <laughs> Drew's awesome. He is. Oh, God. Drew and I, man. We used to do uh, shows forever, me and him. That's so... Uh, that, like, your history, the stories you'd be telling, like, oh, yeah, I just was eating breakfast with Chappelle. I didn't know. Like, well, it was... Right. It, the history yeah, is, it, is pretty awesome. Drew was so funny. I remember Drew... Um, we, right before he went out to L.A. in headline, we, we he and I, we were co-headlining shows, and we were both at the same place where we were just starting to headline. And I'll never forget <laughs> this club in Ohio. And the MC was a guy who would close the set before he introduced you. He would do it in the middle of his set. And he would he was a 300-pound guy, some big guy. And, he, and, and Drew Carius walked up to me. I was on radio at the time. Mm-hmm. But I was still doing some stand-up. And I, so I was going out to that club in a few weeks. And I go, yeah, I'm doing that club, Drew. You were just, I just saw you were just at this club. And he's in Pittsburgh. He didn't have the Drew Carey show yet. But he was doing stand-up headline. Starting a headline. I would mm-hmm. just start on DV. Probably first year on there, on the radio. And uh, he looks at me and goes... Do you ever take shit and look like one of your friends? Like what? <laughs> Do you ever take shit like one of my friends? He said because the MC keeps saying right before he, it's his joke. His punchline is: Have you ever taken a shit and look like one of your friends? <laughs> then he introduces you. And says, Damn it, you carry. And I was like laughing. So sure enough, a month later, I'm up there and there's this guy up there, MC, and he goes, "Did you ever take a shit and look like one of your friends?" I'm like, ladies and gentlemen, Jim Grant. Uh, gotta use laugh too. Every time. Come on now. So, hey, come on now. It always got a joke. It always got a laugh though. Wait, man, you ever take a man. shit and look like one of your friends, ladies and gentlemen? But I was like laugh. I called Drew. I'm like, oh my god, I got the guy. Remember now, I know what you're trying to say. <laughs> had to uh, follow that. It was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. Great times. But yeah, I was just starting radio. But you know, now you guys, you guys are just starting your radio career. It's the first radio job. So you guys, morning show on Q ninety two nine. We're on every weekday morning with with these. That's what's so exciting right now. Now this is your time for your memory. This is going to happen. All the fun stuff that because we started, we were just. Just starting, and you know, just world. It's like this is a repeat for it's a reinvention. I get to watch you guys have a lot of fun and, and all the cutting edge stuff, and I'm seeing all this new stuff coming from you guys that I'm excited about. That's why I'm excited as the ratings, you know, start. We're starting to grow as an audience mm-hmm. on 92.9. I'm starting to see you guys come up with all these unique, weird little characters, yeah. and that that's what's so much fun. Once about. cocaine kicks in, that's when. Yeah. We know we made it. No. <laughs> what do you mean? When Wasaki you mean, you mean, yeah, you mean corporate too much party? Yeah, we know. You we mean know. more cocaine is what yeah. you said? No, the good <laughs> stuff. We need one Wasaki. Yeah, Wasaki's to the point um, where he's got an entourage and stuff. I, did, yeah. I ever tell, did I ever tell you what happened when <laughs> I was coming up. to the Hard Rock? You remember when no. we did the contest? Yeah. And yeah. Um, a couple I, weeks ago? I, no, this is when we were in Cabo. Remember when we were in Cabo? Oh, this we is did that back in the, the, yeah, the thing. Yeah, the couple years back. Well, I was in the cab and I was going to the show and he goes, uh, the guy goes, okay, yeah, um, where are you headed? I said, uh, Hard Rock. We got to do a show. He said, oh, okay, that's cool. 
He's like, uh, you comic? I was like, yeah. He's like, then you want Cocoina for you and oh, your friend? Uh, <laughs> I'm like, everyone just knows comics Cocoina. Cocoina? No, I know. So do you want Cocoina for you and your friends? I was like, no. He's like, maybe massage, get happy ending? No, <laughs> no sir. I know. <laughs> now I speak. I'm good. I could. I know the language now. I can cocaina. go to Cocaina, por favor. I can say, co- say. Yeah, Cocaina. What'd you say? Cocaina, cervezas, por favor. Happy ending? <laughs> Cocaína happy ending. Dos chicas, por favor. That's just <laughs> that's all you need in Cancun is cocaína. Cuántos años tus chicas? Happy How old ending. are those women? <laughs> <laughs> that's my only Spanish. I took four years of Spanish at the University of Connecticut. You know, it's, <laughs> Mexico, no, you just did that for Mexico, credit. Mexico, though, <laughs> you, you jock. You don't need to know Spanish in in Mexico. You don't need to know. You, it's all English here, yeah. man. It it's is. amazing. Cocaina. Got to go. The, the, yeah, I've been all over Mexico. I remember the Puerto Vallarta thing was so funny with uh, Mickey Free. Mickey Free, man. I did a, yeah. I, I saw that sketch Vallarta, again two Mickey weeks Free. ago <laughs> with Mickey Free. He's the new guy in Shaman. Yes. <laughs> he said, everyone's like, yo, this is a fine ass woman. Look like his uh, nickname Mickey Free. He's like, Mickey Free ain't no chick. Yeah. <laughs> that story is amazing, by the way. Yeah, the Chappelle is. Show. It is so. That's amazing. one of the shows Chappelle Show. That will, that will last forever. That only two seasons, two and a half seasons, if you count those. But but the skits yeah. will last forever, uh, forever. But there is there are two of the skits. One, and it's funny because uh, Murphy he did tell he does tell a wonderful story, right? Yeah. But yeah. Chappelle brought it to life. With he brought animation. it to life when he acted out and stuff. The stories are great. Charlie I mean, Murphy said he improved a lot of that stuff. Charlie Murphy's stories are fantastic. Yeah, yeah, they're really great. And and I mean Chappelle improved a lot of it. Oh, Chappelle and he said, a lot. He said he would that. tell the story. Okay. And oh, Chappelle Chappelle's brought story. it to life. Oh, Chappelle would brought it to life. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Chappelle's a genius, man, in, in so oh many my ways. God. The if you could say of I'll take SNL, I will take Second City and Mad Team every skit show. If you could say one skit that was the funniest skit ever of all the skit shows, I will say Chappelle when he is the blind, uh, uh, racist, white, yeah, yeah, white, the premise, oh great, and he's the blind head of the Ku Klux Klan, bit is the funniest <laughs> skit ever. <laughs> I'm sorry, that is funny. That is the funniest, most genius shit. thing, classic to Him me. To me, that was his first episode. There is not one wow. skit Cosby that I could... destroyed Chappelle after that. Why? He tried to destroy Chappelle after Wait, that. Wait, Cosby really? tried to destroy... That was a genius episode. Yes, it was. That was making fun of racists. Absolutely That was right. just cutting edge. Yeah. That was so brilliant. So brilliant. But Cosby hated Chappelle. What did he Chappelle not like show. about it? He tried to blackball Chappelle. Why? Damn. But well, what happened what was he, it, it had to do with uh, race stuff. He said that he felt because he was. But following, he brought it out. He brought it out. And made fun I, of the race. I agree with you, Jimmy. Uh, like we are all in agreement here, right? For whatever reason, he followed Chappelle's career since he was a, a kid. Yeah. And Chappelle's, you know, was eighteen on Def Jam and started getting big. And he said that uh, once that skit aired, Cosby was outraged and wanted him off the air because he felt like it was ruining. Uh, the black community as far as like how it was portrayed and then there was a bunch of shit about Obama getting ready to run for president Which so they were saying it was like taken away from you know like he was trying too much race related comedy but I say kiss my ass on that one so. I, uh, <laughs> I was at the uh, that Toronto so Comedy Festival I was telling Terry and I was in an elevator with Dave Chappelle we had breakfast it was like a little room they had with the comedians and whatever right? 
and he was on Robin Hood Men in Tights was yes. the movie and he goes yeah I'm in a Mel Brooks movie Robin Hood he's you know, he's a comedian I said oh really I'm sure I'm a comedian on a radio show he said we're going to have breakfast yeah let's have breakfast so we, and I forgot about that too. and I told yeah. Terry I said damn Terry that was that was who was in Robin Hood I remember the Robin Hood Men in Tights and I remember Dave and then it connected later you know who that was because yeah. he was really nice guy really soft spoken very humble Oh, he was not Dave Chappelle that we saw on that show yeah. yet, but he was still learning. He was a kid, that probably. That time. I mean, so something Mel Brooks saw him to put him and cast him in Men and Tights because yeah. he remember him saying to me, "He says, yeah, it was a big break, you know, getting that and yeah. stuff." And and he did our radio show back then. Yeah, I a saw a quick it. interview for us, you know, whatever after breakfast and say, "Could you do a radio show? Sure, yeah, come on over." Dope. It was interesting. Yeah, yeah, I saw Chappelle a, a little over a year ago here in Pittsburgh with uh, Rope. And, yeah, Rope was T-Rope. his opener. Yeah. Oh, T Rope. Yeah, and it was. He was off the chair. I mean, T-Robe crushed, but I mean, the, Chappelle was just like, you just, as a comic, you just look at certain people and you're just like, you are playing a different sport than me. Yeah. It's just well, that kind of, that level, yeah. It's time. He is, yeah, it, it is. It's great. It's his timing, comfort level. Been doing it a while. But yeah, I remember watching it. I was at this. I remember, was it the one with the... Uh, I remember eating French fries while I was on stage, and I was like, "That's interesting. You'd be able to eat French fries." <laughs> oh, when well, you saw him at the Improv, at the Improv. Yeah. Is that where, you, where did you? See? I saw him at the Homestead at the Music. Oh, hall. is that the, at yeah, the he, library? That was his last oh, year. Yeah. That was yeah. last year. I'm sorry. Yeah. T did. Yeah. Oh, T is on our show, by the way, every yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. We're straining up. Uh, it was so cool because I knew T because I, I I texted him afterwards like, "Hey, yeah. great show!" And I'm yeah. in the audience, and then like they they sit there, and actually I did a show with the uh, robe that it was like on Wednesday, and I did a ro- show on Friday, and I was by myself because I only get one ticket, right? So I'm literally telling everybody around me like. I do a show with him on Saturday. <laughs> I, I opened for the guy that opened for Chappelle. That's right. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. hey. And not? everyone was like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, they don't even believe that. They do. Yeah. They don't believe you, loner. That is so funny. <laughs> lonely yeah. man. You're a lonely man sitting in a, sitting in a, sitting in a 200-year-old seat that doesn't yeah. fit him. <laughs> we believe you, Hinkley Unibomber. Don't, don't feel bad. I once saw Cosby by myself. So Did you? It's okay. Those we, were talking about, we were talking about this. Still one of the greatest comics. I don't care. You could put... Say what you want. Bill Cosby, of course, maybe horrible person and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Scumbag. Maybe. <laughs> like O.J. Simpson was still a great football player. Yeah, he did you can't, some, he you did can't an take evil away thing. from what they did. Yeah. But Cosby, evil thing. But come on, the guy was, is a stand-up? One of the best ever. Seeing him live was the craziest thing yeah. I've ever seen in my life. Man. Sure. That's like, a guy I, who could do it with comfort. And that's like how breathing. you tell a story. Yeah, I sat that's there. That's how you tell a story. Yeah. Like, yeah. my parents. So this is the story of why I went to go see Cosby. It was mm-hmm. my birthday. And my parents were like, we want you to go see Bill Cosby. This was ah, like cool. four years ago. Right? So they got you tickets? They got me tickets, and I go, all right, so they go, nice. pick where you want to sit. So I sat real close. Okay. And um, they're like, you need to go see Cosby. What happened was, years before that, Carlin came to town, and I had like a little shit gig somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well, I'm going to go do the show. George Carlin lives forever. That dude's been around forever. Ah. And he literally died like a week later or two weeks later. So I missed my chance of seeing one of the last three kings right, of comedy. Right. And uh, the only one that's still alive was Cosby. Yeah, so I was so like, had to see it. I had to go. So I went and uh, I had an extra ticket. I had two tickets, but no one could come with me. So I just sat my coat there and there was mm-hmm. this couple that was sitting there, uh, older white couple, and they were kind of skeptical about putting their coats there. I was like, you could sit your coats here because, yeah. you know, everyone's holding their coats. They look uncomfortable. <laughs> they feel free. And they're like, oh, I don't know. Then the guy goes, oh, fuck it. He takes his wife's coat and they put it there. And we were the only people that were able to like fully enjoy the set. And, uh, the way he performed, he did two and a half hours of material. <sighs> so keep in too. mind, yeah. like no opener, 
no opener. No, he no drug opener. Out Two and a half hours. I mean, Jim, you know, like doing an hour, 45 <laughs> minutes. Right, anyway. You guys missed that one. Two. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so he said no opener. See, yeah, he drugged the opener. <laughs> <laughs> you guys missed that. You're like, I'm sorry. You guys are yeah, yeah, like, yes, yes, that's what happened. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, at this point, at this point, we thought you were serious. Like, you know, he drugged the opener. Yeah. Oh, you know, I yeah, guess yeah, that's his process. That's believable. He works. Practice, practice, practice. So funny. That's but, awesome, man, that you saw him two and a half hours. Two and a half I, I remember uh, some show. I can't remember what it was. It was a documentary kind of thing, and they were talking about comedians. About two years ago, Chris Rock talking about Cosby and how- It was comedian, the, the movie with Seinfeld. Is that what it was? Yeah. He was just saying how he was on it. You know, like It wasn't like he was some old guy. Just He was relevant. Let's put it that way. Yeah. It took him a while for his brain to start working because he's old as hell. But he, when he got him. on, he got on. And when he got on, like it took about fast I'd say that first back. half hour. Like Somebody oh, yeah? said, we love you, Bill. And he said, don't say that. Because he, <laughs> he didn't know. You know, <laughs> I, uh, it's so, so, that's what's so crushing about all the stuff that we're hearing about him and stuff. That's so disappointing and crushing. It oh, hurts, yeah. too. It's kind of disappointing. Absolutely. Because, you know, I idolized the guy in just. Damn it! You know, mm. brilliant guy, brilliant comedian. I'm sorry. I mean, we have to give him, we have to give him his dudes comedian for sure. You were talking about OJ Simpson and everything like that. One of my greatest douchebag moments in my life was I was <laughs> so I was in college and it was right after the OJ Simpson verdict. Yeah, and everybody's mad, and I'm in this class. I'm in this journalism class with all of these people. And if you know, and I was the only athlete there, so they all hated me because you know I had friends and shit. And so, um, <laughs> so the, it was around it was around the time of. Um, <laughs> It was around the time of uh, of OJ Simpson getting getting acquitted, and so I, I sit there and I'm in this big class, and they'd be like, and so we're talking about you know journalism and how they covered the class something like that, and so I sat there and I went, you guys know that there's no way OJ Simpson did this, and they're all just like, what what are you talking about? There's no way OJ Simpson did this, and I'm like, there's no way OJ Simpson did this. He goes, how can you possibly say that? And I go. Because O.J. Simpson rushed for 2,000 yards in a 14-game season. <laughs> <laughs> never do that. <laughs> and they were all just like, and they were like, no, that's, that's, Im- no, he did it. And I go, 2,000 yards, 14-game season. He and was they, Norbert. <laughs> he was Norbert. And they you all know, just were like, fuck you, it's you funny. jock. Fuck well, you. <laughs> well, it's funny because, you know, watching, I watched every day on television, guys. You guys are too young to remember, so I watched that trial, I watched man. it. My mom watched you it. Too and little. I was a, I was a little boy, it. but I, I didn't. I, I watched, watched it. it. Well, the I thing is, though, every day I felt he was, I felt he was guilty. But I got to tell you, I thought Johnny Cochran was awesome. He was. And oh, yeah. Marsha Clark, I didn't like. She was not only unlikable. I was young guy. You're younger. We're not lawyers, but I can see she was a shitty lawyer. <laughs> I was like, my God, you got to be, you got to be kidding me! And she'd go into like the, my favorite thing is when she'd go into like the DNA thing, like real dry, and boring, and uh, Johnny get up. DNA, what is this voodoo science bullshit? <laughs> DNA, shmeeny, come on, you got you gonna believe this bullshit right here, basically? And I'm like, yeah, whatever, Johnny's. I understand what this guy says. He's talking to me. <laughs> and I start going, you know what? The glove didn't fit. You know, you start buying it. <laughs> He's like Jackie from uh, He was good. He is Jackie from Seinfeld. Johnny Cochran would have been, he was huge then. He was. If he had not passed away from cancer, he would be fucking king right now. Because you know, mm-hmm. Aaron Hernandez and all of them be walking around. Oh, yeah, they would. No one would be getting, they'd be all out. <laughs> Every one of them, Johnny would have got out. Johnny got it. Man, people killing people be like, get Johnny. Johnny be like, the man is look at him come on all right innocent 
<laughs> he, was, he was like the greatest lawyer. If the gun ain't loaded, he can't get deported. It can't get yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> With Aaron Hernandez, he'd just go up to the jury and be like, them. All of them would have Were you out. there? Scott Peterson. Were you all of them would yeah, see him? Sure. Scott <laughs> Peterson. He's a fisherman. A fisherman. <laughs> he's a fisherman. He, he can. <laughs> what? Did you, you never know? hurt no one? Did you yeah. see the documentary <laughs> with the serial killer? What's that? There's a serial killer that said he's the one that killed Nicole. And her dude. Oh, I did see that. I you watched the documentary. That guy, yeah. I watched the documentary. Wow, wasn't it? It was really weird. Because supposedly I, I he hired that. him. Well, you know what's weird? Yeah. To supposedly. paint the house or something like but that. But supposedly OJ, according to him, he knew OJ knew about it, though. Yeah. It's like OJ was involved somehow through this guy. And the reason that it had, first you think it's bullshit on the documentary. Mm-hmm. But then you watch, there's one thing that got me was the guy, the serial killer's mother had a necklace on that Nicole once owned. In the trial mm. for a serial killer. And that was like, holy shit, you got to be kidding me. So maybe yeah. there's something to this serial killer yeah. being involved. And OJ kind of was involved, right? Remember he said he, he knew he hired him or knew about it or something. Yeah, he hired he him to do work in the house or something. Yeah, he crazy. was involved somehow. OJ was connected to this thing somehow through this, like hiring this guy to do it. Now that makes sense. Because the other, the, the way the trial, that's how he got off on the trial was the timeline and everything was all fucked mm-hmm. up. But it, it all made sense with this documentary Terry's yeah, talking about. I pretty, watched that. Insane. That wasn't yeah. too long. I don't know where I saw that. It was, it was on demand somewhere. A couple months ago, yeah. You was, break it on Netflix or something. Could, yeah. You got to check it out, man. There's never been a it's, bigger trial than OJ. Oh, no. no, no not like no, that. No, no, no it's too big. It was, yeah, it was amazing. Not it was since a, the 1800s. It, well, you know what? There was the, the Bronco chase and stuff was awesome. That was during the oh, NBA that was amazing. Finals. I remember watching I watched that. that, man. That was unbelievable. It was slow motion well, we chase. Had, it was a Shakespearean play. It was because you know JoJo was a hero, man. This was a this was a hero. This guy was fucking huge. He was a movie star and a hero. Yeah, he just got done doing the naked. It guns. was Shakespearean because it was a hero who fell from grace. He was on TV every week, you know, but as an analyst, I think for NBC and, and for football, yeah, NFL Live, yeah. So he was always in the he was always you know in the public since about like 1968, from his Heisman Trophy through NFL career into the movies and he was on SNL. Everyone, yes. yeah, everyone knew who he was. Yes. Yeah, I mean, he was, yeah, he was amazing. Did you ever the watch career, the OJ movie? Career was amazing. What the one on Fox? <laughs> yeah, I watched it. Wait, which one is it? <laughs> As a kid, the OJ, the OJ movie? movie. They on made Fox. the cheapest oh, I movie. Saw it. The one to murder when he, you know, when so he, oh, it's the worst. He it's said, the worst. he said, oh, you like orange juice? We gonna call you OJ because you like OJ. Yes, <laughs> it was the worst movie oh, ever. God. The acting was horrible. It was terrible. The guy with Johnny, Johnny so Cochran looked like I don't know where they got the. It's like the, the the parody lawyer of the Seinfeld used. Yeah, sure. yeah. Gilbert Gottfried actually played O.J. Simpson. <laughs> if the yeah. glove doesn't fit, yeah. you fuck him in the ass. I'm a running back. I run the ball. I play for the Bills. Since we're talking football, since we're talking football, I got to tell you about my Fanduel. <laughs> Segway. Oh man! Hey, I've been playing Fanduel like crazy, guys. It is uh, everyone does seventy five million dollars a week given out this season uh, uh, alone, man. That's amazing. Seventy five million dollars a week. Building a team's easy. I I pick my team. Go to, go to Fanduel dot com first. It's that simple. You sign up and you, you'll build your team every week. I, I pick your you pick your players. You stand their salary cap. Sit back, watch your team win. The entry fees are a dollar, and anyone can play. 
And if you know fantasy football at all, you'll love this. Uh, you can prove your knowledge on FanDuel. It's so much fun. My, my experience with it is it, I, I could play three or four games. It only costs like four or five bucks, whatever you want to get into these tournaments. You go head-to-head. You get a you know, group tournament, and the, the prizes are all different. In, in like I said, just go to, to FanDuel.com, and when, when you do go to FanDuel.com, click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner. Use my code KREN, carry it in. You'll, you just use my code KREN, and you sign up now. And you get a special offer for new users. For every every dollar you deposit, FanDuel will match it with up to $200 that gets earned as you play. That's a bonus of up to 200 bucks. Offer's only good for the first 50 people that use my code KREN, K-R-E-N-N, today. So as you hear this, go on right now because only the first 50 will get the $200 offer. So go right now and, and type it in for anyone gets in there. Type in Kren. Don't forget to use code K-R-E-N-N. FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's FanDuel.com, F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Sign up today. You won't regret it. You'll have a blast with FanDuel. You know, I, I, your friends, I know you probably hear your friends talk about it. It's time you step in and do it yourself. It's easy and fun. You'll have a time of your life for your football fan because you sit back, like I said, watch and win a lot of money it's enjoyable and but it's week anyway to week, which is cool because like, uh, i have roethlisberger so i'm screwed for the next four well, or six weeks. Big ben <laughs> is out four to six weeks as of this taping as we know from the mri our steelers it's going to be tough one here without our ben without big ben and it goes to show you if you don't have a quarterback man it's tough i'm gonna go pick up vic real quick we got to pick up. I, you know, Mariota, Mariota. I, I already picked him up off waivers. There you go. And our, uh, our fan, we have a fantasy league here. I All us guys here. Every uh, year. Bitch. Uh, Eric and I, uh, Eric and I uh, are, are doing Actually, pretty well. I'm pretty happy with our team. We got Aaron Rodgers. Don't want Aaron Rodgers to get hurt. Ben will be, ba- ben will be back four to six weeks. So, I mean, it's going to be okay. Yeah, that MCL It's going to be okay. Still be like maybe nine games left. Yeah, Terry's Eli Manning had a good, is going pretty yeah. good too, by the way. He's yeah, making a little bit Eli. of a comeback, right? Do you know who's you know doing well? You love Eli. Carr for the uh, Oakland. I have Carr for Oakland. He is phenomenal right now. Derek, Carr I, the I didn't realize he was that good. He's really maturing. Yeah. Carr is maturing. Mariota's doing great. Really strong. Yeah. I am surprised. I picked him too in the draft later. Not guys. Yeah. I picked Mariota as like the last pick in the draft, Eric and I. We looked at each other. Said, ah, let's take it for fun. In wow. the meantime, boom, we nailed. A lot it. of big quarterbacks are out. Romo's out. Man. Romo's out uh, with a collarbone. Breeze is out. Breeze, Breeze is, is out. out. Yeah. Dallas does not move. What I tell you, man, they need Romo. That yeah. is so big. They they're oh, picked. They're, they're picked. You know what's weird is Indianapolis is picked to win the Super Bowl. The Colts with with, with Lock. Yeah, yeah. Are they right. three. I, I don't know the, the final score is one and two or oh and they three. won, but they did they come barely. back and win? Uh, yeah, they won by two. They were over losing. They were losing, and Lock scored like. Two TDs in fifty. Once seconds, he learns how to win a playoff game, luck. Yeah. Well, he's got to he's got to start stepping up right now. I mean, he, he, they say he's, he's the best Romo. ever. He's Romo Junior. I tell you, the Romo, Romo. Romo's gonna Romo's puts the numbers up. Though. Romo's a beast. It's a hell of a quarterback. Till the playoffs come. That's what they say. <laughs> well, Peyton Manning they disease. said that. Yeah. They said that about Peyton Manning though. They and did. they're right. right. Yeah. <laughs> no, Peyton Manning's an MVP Super Bowl player. Well, they said a, that he couldn't win the big one. Took him how many years? But he's still he's an MVP Super Bowl player. He had yeah, like nine true. Super Bowls. Yes, if it was yes. every year, he was the number one seed. That's true. He is. He got a point. He is. That the but you can't say. It's like Steve Young only won one. 
Same Steve thing. Won. Steve Hall too. Fame. I love we're turning yep. into the barber one. shop and coming Steve. to America. Are you serious? Steve <laughs> Young is an MVP of one Super Bowl. Oh no, I thought you. I meant Steve, Steve Young, Young won two. He won two Super Bowls, but he was MVP of one. You're right. Oh, I'm sorry. He was on a team. Yeah, he probably yeah, won yeah, three yeah. or four or whatever. He was on the team. Yeah, he was on the team. He's in back. 88, 89. Yeah, you're right, so Terry. You're yeah. right. He won more than one. But you're right as far as MVP. But it's his yeah. playing. Yeah, I mean yeah. Manning. I thought I always got a bad yeah. rap on it. I don't believe that stuff that these guys can't win the big one. I think it. He kicked Joe Lewis's ass. <laughs> I, uh, I think it gets. I, He's won half as many as Jim Plunkett. <laughs> I think right. it's just that he. You know, it's funny. Is all of all people, I'll never forget. Steve Young is the one guy that made sense of it. Once they said the reason he felt that Manning didn't win multiple Super Bowls. This was years ago, like six, seven years ago. This is when he was still with the Colts, and he said that when you get to the playoffs, the everything is turned up tenfold. Mm-hmm. He said, and the rushing is crazy and intense, and everything is nuts. And he said, so if you can move in the pocket, if you have movement, you have a better chance of the quarterback. Now, Manning was this guy who stood there. He he's, can pick you apart, like he said, in regular season. Yep. But he said, Young said, the rushing, the rushes, are, the pocket collapses quickly in the playoffs. And, and Manning can't improvise yeah. like that. Now, you look mm-hmm. at Ben, two Super Bowls, been to three. Brady can move around in the pocket. Brady moves a little Brady bit more. Yep. Elway was moving around even in his older Elway age. Elway can move around, too. You had to move around. Now, also, the other thing is, look at these guys. They had to have, hell of a, they had to have teams built yeah. around. Them. Oh, Marino couldn't move. Marino did no, not move. He didn't if move you look at, at guys who didn't yeah, move around, Young was on to something. Now, right, yeah. Montana could still move a little bit. A little bit. He wasn't as good as Young. A little Young. bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. He didn't mean he had to be a scrambler. He meant yeah. he had to have fast feet. He had to yeah. be able to move around in a pocket. That's what he meant. He's right. He said, if you can't shift around in a pocket and throw, you're not going to. And if you look at these guys, like, man, if they shift around, you see them scanting around, they seem to throw off a little high, a little low. They have their worst games when they hit, when mm-hmm. a pocket collapses. Yeah. If you look at him winning the year he won, they pretty he was pretty com- fairly comfortable. I mean, played in the rain. Yeah. I mean, there's a show on the NFL Network called America's Game. I recommend everyone watch it. It's really cool. Take from the beginning to the end of the season with the players and see what that's why I, the respect that I have for Man, when I watched that show, I watched how much pressure he was under. And how he you gotta remember that that Super Bowl did not start off well with him and it was the only, he even says it, Manning I, I love people that, that could stand up to that pressure. That's to me is amazing. And he said it never rains on Super Bowl. It never rains on Super Bowl. And you know you wanted to say the word fuck. Like, it never fucking rains. Sure enough, it was a torrential downpour in that game. And Manning did not start. I think he threw an interception. He threw an interception. And the Hester returned the opening, returned the, uh, yes, opening kickoff. For a yeah, touchdown, yeah. you could think it would be over. But his mental toughness or whatever it was that didn't make him fold. Stuck with it, and he ended up winning and that game. I have Altman's facing Rex Grossman. Yeah, that's what I was about too. to say. He had one huge help facing Rex, Rex Grossman. You, do have, you had yeah, Reggie Wayne helps. and Marvin Harris and the great receivers, and he had a great running back, young running back time at a good game. But it's still, though, I give Manning a lot of credit. Oh yeah, he's he's great. But Rex Grossman, God, that's Super Bowl. <laughs> I had a, I had a, Lovey. I had a so joke. Sucks. Yeah, oh, that was, was Lovey's team. Yeah, yeah during that Super Bowl, yeah. it was Lovey versus Tony, uh, Dungy. Tony, Tony Dungy. Dungy. Yeah. Yeah. And I had a joke that actually won me a contest. What was once. it? Comedy joke. What was yeah. it? It's like when I first started. I was yeah. nineteen, and I had this joke where <laughs> I said, uh, "You know, is a it's a beautiful thing. It's it's Super Bowl." Mm. 
and you have two black quarterback, or I mean, two black coaches right. first, facing each other for the first wins, time first in the history. Win. Yes. Whoever wins will be the first black mm-hmm. coach in the history. And I was like, and it was so beautiful. But that's not the most beautiful thing that I saw. The most beautiful thing that I saw was when it rained on Prince's perm, and it was just dripping <laughs> slowly down his face in slow motion. It was the most beautiful thing I ever saw in my life. <laughs> and it, for whatever reason, it that killed. was pretty amazing to watch. Right? Oh, it was. It Prince was Prince killed it in the rain. Oh yeah, he did. Purple his perm was his purple perm. Purple face star. Prince. Yes. Yeah. Cannot stop Prince with the purple rain. Mm-mm. Oh, man. Hey, it was a fun show, guys. Really appreciate everything. It's wonderful, uh wonderful time. I hope, I hope everyone enjoyed it as much as uh, as we did. Hey, shout out to Terry's dad. Thanks for our shoe thing. Terry, work, oh, yeah. dad works at the elite uh, uh, shoe, little store. shoe store. His little shoes Squirrel? is legendary. Yes. Iconic in uh, Score Hill. And he's one of the, the mainstays there. And yes, yes. Uh, Mr. Jones, thank you so much for, for the little gift of our... He said, "Y'all gonna need these." That's, <laughs> yeah, actually, that's he's awesome. the man. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. I always need well, to polish my shoes. It's one, uh-huh. it's one of the best. Nice. It's the place, man. It's yeah. the place. I guess it's one of the best and the best of the best. So, Indeed. anyway, uh, appreciate that. But hey, have a, everyone have a great week, and thank you so much uh, for everything for listening to the show and staying so loyal and joining us uh, on Q ninety two nine every weekday morning. Join us uh, when we had Debbie Wild and uh, uh, you know Mike. And, and Mike and Terry and myself, man, we have a blast there on Q92.9. So appreciate this. And, of course, everyone at the Sideshow Network, the the premier and best network in all of podcasting. We're honored to be part of that, too. It's Jim Cren, no restrictions on the Sideshow Network. Hey, everybody. It's Jim Cren of Jim Cren, no restrictions. I just wanted to take the time out to thank you for listening to the show. We have a little over 100,000 subscribers now every week listening to the show. Go to SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or JimCran.com and subscribe today. And thanks again. If your business, whether large or small, is in need of commercial collections, choose PrimeCore Group. PrimeCore Group is a Pittsburgh-based corporate collections agency. Now, if your business is owed money, PrimeCore Group is there to help you. On a contingency basis only, PrimeCore Group will recover what is owed to you in a professional and trusted manner. Contact PrimeCore Group today by going to primecoregroup.com.